Welcome to another Collective Conversation. I am your host, Mike Brewer, and today I have Dom Beveridge back for a third time. Dom is principal at 20 for 20, an incredible multifamily resource for tech companies and potential customers to make great technology decisions. And I know uh, Dom to be an incredible resource as it relates to multifamily, not just in the uh, sort of technology space, but in lots of different spaces. Dom, welcome to the show. Thank you. Good to be back. Yeah. Um, and, and back about uh, an exciting topic. I know we were talking sort of pre-record about this being breaking news uh, or maybe breaking <laughs> news in the industry. I know, <laughs> I know it's not really breaking news, but uh, just a couple of days ago, I, uh, I put a blog post up about GPT-3 um, and started a little bit of a narrative back and forth. I know you commented on the blog post, but uh you know, something uh, along the lines of how GPT-3 would impact the, the multifamily space. Um, but maybe let's start, maybe you define chat GPT or GPT-3 for us so we sort of have a context for this conversation for our listeners and, and viewers. Yeah, well, I mean, essentially, it's it's an open AI that uh, allows you to provide it with some input data, <clears throat> uh, and it will then go and leverage the resources of the the internet it will uh, it will find things that are relevant to whatever prompts you gave it and it will apply you know the its machine learning to to you know this limitless amount of uh, of content uh, to produce something that uh, that it it um so I'm going to use shorthand like it thinks but you know what I mean like that it thinks yeah. uh, fits with the prompts that you uh, that you gave it so um yeah it's it, it's interesting it's it, it, it's a very um, sort of user-friendly, uh, democratized kind of way of, of of giving people access to this this technology, which which we're seeing in more and more different applications that are to do with that are really to do with content generation right now. It's a sort of, I mean, generative AI is a is the the, the, the common terminology that people are using to describe it. <clears throat> yeah, it, it's it's interesting. So it, um, I'll try not to get too long-winded with this, but I. There are all these platforms that that come along in the technology space, and and this one's interesting as are many for me. I signed up for OpenAI. Let's say it was two years ago, twenty four months plus minus. As I sign up for every single platform, just so I have my username and I have my password, so I'm claiming my space or planting my flag in this. Those, but then this one, I just forgot about it. I didn't. It didn't really pique my interest at the time. But then uh, I, I don't know what prompted me to to sort of get involved. This time around, but started playing with it. And to your point, I, I put a prompt in to write a blog post, the, the one that is posted out on my blog, but I advertised through LinkedIn. And I literally said, write a blog post about how GPT-3 will impact the multifamily industry. And within 45 seconds, plus minus, it generated like a 250-word article <laughs> that I then lightly edited, right? Just to just because I thought I was smarter than the AI and I sound better or whatever. <laughs> Mm -hmm. But, but largely unadulterated, I put that thing out on, on to LinkedIn and just, so it got my wheels turning in the sense that for content creators, right. For people who put blog posts out on their websites, or if they have their own independent blog, the, the ability to generate content has been accelerated now in my head to a point that a one man shop or one person shop can produce quality content in a quantitative, like tons of it right yeah how do you see in your from your own perspective how do you see that impacting 
let's just use a marketing bent for a second for marketers yeah. out there in multifamily. How do you see that impacting marketers? Yeah, well, <clears throat> as it happens, this is something I've been thinking about for, for a few years. It's, uh, you know, I was, I was talking to you before before this started. It's, it's you know, just because I, I generate a lot of content. Like that's what, what my company, a large part of what my company does, um, which means I've been thinking a lot. Um, God, probably for about five years, I've been thinking about, with regard to marketing, what bits of marketing would be better done by AI. And, and it's funny, I, I found that as soon as you start to think that way, tasks that you think robots should be doing start to become annoying. <laughs> do, do you know what I mean? You're just doing this thing and it's just like, oh God, a robot should be doing this. It's like, a... <laughs> right. so, 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 so the bits of things where you're, you know, you're pulling together some data and you're analyzing it and you're setting up tests and you're running the tests and you're analyzing the real, th those things, which, which are actually quite time consuming for humans to do, but very, very necessary to do marketing. Well, those things would clearly be much better done by robots because, you know, it's, uh, it, 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 it's all about running experiments and, and pulling data together and, and understanding what it told you. When you think about things like SEO optimizing things, I mean, when I, when I have conversations with people about SEO strategy, for example, you're so conscious of the amount of friction that's there because it's, well, I went and did this analysis of what the top ranking keywords that sound like they're relevant for this are. And, okay, well, I review this list of keywords and it's like, well, I know that most of them, although they've got big numbers attached to them, I, I know they sound like to you, like the thing that's, uh, that this article is about, but it's about something completely different. The person who's searching for those words is not so. So, so you see all this friction that's mostly to do with the fact that it's humans that are, that are doing this, this stuff, which in, in the case of things like SEO and driving social media engagements, it's like, it's like the human is trying to convince a robot on the other side. And the more, the more you sort of start to think about it that way, the more you think th these are things that hu humans sort of need to largely get out of the business of doing, of, of doing a lot of those things. And so, so the thing that sort of piqued my interest when I read your, <clears throat> when I read your piece, I, I think it's exactly the right um, conversation to be having because, you know, you were saying, right, well, now all of a sudden we've just shortened the amount of time it takes to produce really good content and, uh, you know, there won't be spelling mistakes in it. There won't be, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, you know, stuff won't be out of date in there because it's very easy to like not make mistakes like that if you're a, a robot compared to if you're a, a human. And the thing, the, 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 the question that, that I raised is, all right, so let's say, let's imagine a world where everyone embraces this really quickly. So marketing departments all, all across multifamily uh, are suddenly now figuring out how to to get these AIs to just write really good copy for for their their properties. Um, in that scenario, you're going to arrive very quickly at a point where everybody is completely at parity in terms of uh, you know, in, ter in, in, in terms of their marketing. And so, uh, at that point, you think, well, the amount of information out there is going to be more abundant. We're going to need more ways to separate the wheat from the chaff because there's going to be so much more like stuff out there. But, you know, if, if you think about how quickly these AIs sort of iterate, how quickly they produce stuff, how limitless the amount of stuff is that they produce, um, you're quickly going to arrive at the point where that thing that I'm doing to drive some competitive advantage is no longer going to hold any competitive advantage to you. 
And that was the that was the point that I raised um, that that uh, a couple of people um, chipped into, but but you and I haven't discussed yet. I mean, what what what, what was your thinking about that? I you know it's. Um... I think the thing that comes most readily to mind, and, the, and I haven't put a ton of thought into this, so it's a little bit off the cuff, but but I think if you, so you know who Anne Lamont is? She She's a writer, but um, she writes about writing. She's a, she's a writing teacher. And so she she has this pithy saying that every first draft is a, is a S-H-I-T-T-Y first draft, right? And, right. and so, and so uh, Anne says it much better than I do, but in in my head, um, this technology, at least today, gives you the ability to do that that crappy first draft very quickly, and and the differentiator now is really going to come down to the creatives and the people who had great imaginations, right? And that the illustrations, the antidotes, the stories, the things that you add to that article, that that crappy first draft are going to be the points that really differentiate between the two. It's the people who will default to what the AI generates and just stick that out there, right? Without reading it, thinking about it, critically thinking about it, or adding antidotes or, or uh, good metaphors or, or things of that nature. So I think I think it's still benef- it, it, it absolutely benefits creatives in a huge way in that now they're just going to get to think about the creative piece instead of like what, what I call or what I'll call fluff for, for conversation's sake, <laughs> right? The yeah. lead-ins, the outros, the, that kind of stuff. It's going to accelerate the pace of content creation, but it is going to set apart people who are really creative and those who are sort of lazy and sort of default-oriented. Yeah, so th- there are a few different things that I think are, are interesting about that. So, so I think you're right. Um, and I think in the case of most content, um, the 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 idea of of quickly producing the first draft that you can then chop down is um or or, or you know embellish yourself is you know I I uh, I, I definitely see that um, use case um there is though uh, there is an element to, and I think I think that's what most people will do but there's an element to that that's looking at the problem the wrong way around in my in uh, in my view. So um, I'll give you I'll give you a couple of thoughts about this. Um, you know, over the last year, I started testing um, a lot of different AI uh, writing apps that, that were out there that, that work that le- leverage similar technologies to um, um, to this one. And the reason, and I did it mostly because I, I really want to figure out a way to leverage that. Like I, I totally see the benefits of it. But the problem was um, they they all work in this way. The, the, the problem they're all trying to solve is to produce that first draft, right? So the problem they're trying to solve is I'm going to give you, you know, you, you have apps where you write 50, the first 50 words, and then it just carries on for you. Or you you, you have things where you give it some structured set of prompts and it will, 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 will write stuff for you. Uh, and the problem that it's solving by doing that is just saying, go find some stuff that's about this and craft it into something that looks like a good article and give me 500, 700 words, whatever it is. That, that's, that's the problem that that's fundamentally um, solving. And the thing is, I, I think that's how most people will, will use this, but I don't think that's how any high value content is going to be created. I, I actually think if the content is actually of a high, of a high value you have to approach it radically differently 
um, from that. And in fact, you would want to deploy DAI um, in a different way from that, which I, which I can um, uh, I, 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 I can explain that in a in a minute what I what I mean by that. But <clears throat> I, I wrote a post a few weeks ago called um, called in praise of non obvious content. So I've been reading this uh, this article by um, uh, by Justin Welch, like the Saturday Solo uh, the Saturday Solopreneur, like really really good new, uh, newsletter that comes out, where he'd written this really insightful piece about how um, most content that people put out there, uh, if it's successful in driving engagement, it's infrequently successful in selling the concepts that it's that it's about. So if you think about the way that people tend to publish stuff, like uh, pe- people uh, you know, use LinkedIn really heavily, they they publish stuff so that it will get high SEO prominence. So so there's this there's this very algorithmic uh, set of objectives that they've got in publishing their their content. And the thing is, if you look at the content that tends to play really really well on those those channels, like the engagement they drive is really good. It's good to have traffic to your website. It's good to have likes and, and interactions on on LinkedIn. But it's very seldom content that persuades you of a viewpoint. If you think about content like marketing content, you should personally. I'm a very sort of B two B, you know, uh, one funnel kind of uh, uh, content marketing kind of guy, and and. You, you always think of content as persuading people of, of some viewpoint and, and typically some viewpoint that's different from the prevailing viewpoint that's out there in the market. That's that's what makes the content worth reading. Um, and, and that content is typically less well rewarded than the content that feeds the algorithm. Ah, uh, yes. So, so, what, so his point is, if you look at the vast majority of content that's out there at the moment, because it's targeted at those those algorithms that that give that give you the reach that you need, uh, you do that at the cost of your content being persuasive or or being successful in actually selling something to people. And I think he's absolutely on the money with that. Like most, uh, as, as soon as you're down the path of saying, you know, well, I you know, I really want this kind of interaction on LinkedIn. I really want you know this this kind of prominence on uh, on Google. You're now serving a different set of objectives than the core. Uh, objectives of uh, of an article. You know, I, I always think like if you if you want to think about good nonfiction writing, the best place to look is the Economist. It's it's by far, in my opinion, the best, uh, the most concise, persuasive, forceful, simple writing that you can uh, that you can find. Like you couldn't imagine an Economist article being written as if it wanted to get likes on on LinkedIn or no. Or, <laughs> <laughs> or high prominence on uh, uh, on uh, on Google. So so you know, the more you're you're looking to serve those things that your marketing agencies, uh, your, most people who are who are blogging like that kind of stuff, the, the further away you move from from that very persuasive uh, style of, uh, of of tackling a, a topic in uh, in writing. So anyway, his his point, I think I, I think is really applicable here as well because. The person who's going to get value out of the the sort of uh, chat GP, uh, GPC three like um, uh, service or similar services to that um, is the one that's that's feeding the algorithms of the um, uh, of the social media or the uh, the digital platforms uh, because ultimately the, the best possible thing that that GPC three can do is rehash stuff that's already been said in a way yeah. that's going to gain prominence on those platforms. And therefore, it's completely unavoidable that everyone's going to produce samey content unless they change it. So, does that make sense? 
it, it, it does. I, I'd actually I'd read a couple of different articles. Um, Benedict Evans is a, is a guy who writes a newsletter that I, I really appreciate. I can't remember the name of the, the newsletter off the top of my head, but yes, he, he referred to that as sort of remix content, right? To your, to your central point, it, it is really taking algorithmic, <laughs> I can't say that word. So this is that feeds the algorithms and it, it is remixing again, to your point, such that those algorithms will really drive the engagement uh, of that particular content. It, it makes me wonder though, and, and I don't know the answer to this question. So I'm just kind of sort of thinking out loud here in that if, if you, um, if you are good at prompting GPT-3 in a way that uh, carves that noise out, right? So that you're not necessarily remixing. I, I know in a, I, I think you are remixing, but if you're, if you're prompting in a, in a way that is pointy or full of intent, do you, are you, do you have the ability to pull out sort of novel thoughts from a, from a GPT-3? And then even, and, and so if you were able to do that and create an article you could also create novel headlines, novel tweets that drive engagement to that content. So, so what do you think about that? Yeah. So, so, um, so, so I think you have to, I, I think the most helpful way to think about it is to deconstruct the way that we write good stuff. Right. So, okay. so, so again, if I think about G, uh, uh, GPT three, it's, it, it's very much grabbing stuff that already exists and, 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 Packaging, packaging it up in, in well-written sort of prose. Um, the thing that differentiates stuff that's better than that, like stuff that, you know, you as the CEO of a company that does does this job at a professional level, like if I'm thinking about something that's going to convince you, right, I, I've got to tell you something insightful, right? Like I'm not going to convince you of anything by rehashing a lot of points that, that, already, got, that already got made. There needs to be sort of central teaching points like within whatever asset it is whether it's an article whether it's a paper whether it's a you know an infographic whatever it is it has to teach you something that you don't already know and since you do this for a living the bar on that is very high right so how how, how do you can you get to that with gpc3 as it's currently conceived i would say no um because uh, and actually let me let me take a slight detail on this uh, uh, as well before before I, uh, I go back into the into the writing thing. I, I, it's annoying me. I can't remember who said this, but I, I was listening to a super interesting discussion about AI um, uh, earlier this year, and, and, and somebody was making this point. They were talking about the application of AI to defense, in, in particular to counterterrorism. And this person was talking about all of this work that the U.S. military has done, like really impressive, extensive work on um, uh, on developing these AIs and applying them to to intelligence and so on. Um, and he was saying this has been going on for decades, and it's never happened that um, that any of this has resulted in a prediction of something that was going to happen. Do you know what I mean? So, 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 yes. so the point the point he was making was that. It seems like AI is really good at like making the future the same as the past. Do you know what I mean? Like it, it captures, yeah. it, it, it understands my habits better than I understand them myself. And it uses it to sell me things that I will then buy because it, 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 it's good at, so, so it's predictive in that it's finding 
the behavioral patterns that the if they're the same in the future like you know we, uh, we know what dom's going to do we know what dom's going to buy we know, like so, so it, it, it's very good at those things uh, but the things where it's not where, where the future is not the same as the past we don't actually have any reason to believe that it's good at that like we we have so if you think about think when we talk about predictive analytics like it's yeah. it's fantastic that ai can do things like predict when a, uh, when an elevator is likely to to go wrong because it's been following all this data about the elevator but again that sits within this um this subset of predictions where the future is the same as the past yes right the thing is when, when the future is not predictable there's no there's no good reason to think that any of this intelligence has shown any sign of of being good at that yet and it's the same with if if you think back to our writing example the thing that's going to convince you that's going to make you read uh, an article that's going to teach you something you don't already know that's got to be something new that has to be a a, a new idea or, or a new characterization of something that you're familiar with um, and again, I don't know that that's something that AI is, is, I don't think it's something AI is currently good at. I'm not sure if it's ever necessarily going to be good at, at, at that thing. So, you know, if, if, if you think of the last time you encountered some new idea, right, and, and were, were persuaded by it, um, I, I think it's quite hard to see that coming out of a, an AI technology. It's certainly, it's impossible to see it coming out of GPC-3 because it's not what it's designed to, um, um, to do. So, so when I talk about deconstructing the process of writing, if, if I'm trying to, to do something other than just feed the algorithm, right, uh, with, with, you know, just stuff, if I'm trying to persuade Mike Brewer of something that he, in his capacity as a COO, should be paying attention to, something he should be thinking differently about, um, it, the, 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 the job of writing comes after the job of developing the insight that's going to persuade you. That makes sense. So when I think about um, how I write really good content, really differentiating content, I think you don't want to get the AI to focus on the first draft. I think you want to get the AI to focus on getting you to the finish line. So, uh, in, so, so the kind of thing, and, and, and I sort of know this because I, I, I mean, I, I've worked with many, 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 many writers over the years, and the way I typically work with with writers is. You know, I, I I will work with a, a, an audience of experts to 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 try to to talk to them until these ideas come out, and then when we figure out the ideas that we think are real winners, then we then we turn it into written assets that we you know that, that you can use for for uh, for marketing purposes, right? So that so so, so uh, what that means then is my requirement is. How do I produce? How do I, as quickly as possible, synthesize this idea into some kind of a first draft, and then hand it over to a writer whose skill is is not? We're not asking them to spend any time generating content. We're not asking them to spend any time trying to reframe this problem or this this idea in in words that they understand. We are simply asking them to take a messy first draft of this idea and turn it into nice prose that fits a particular style and and that for me so, so that's the problem that i wish well i'm sure it will happen at some point but that's the ai that i want to see uh that uh that, that basically assigns the, the the sort of responsibilities to to the right to the right people you know i, I think ultimately 
taking stuff and editing it into prose that fits a style, that's a very AI-friendly problem. Like you could give an AI, like at some point, The Economist could give all of its um, its entire back catalogue to an AI and it could find an efficient way of getting its AI to do the entire job of editing that that, that paper. Like that, that, that I see as... Um, uh, as highly um, uh, possible. The bit where you understand the issues and you form the insight and you decide what the editorial um, direction is, that's that's the bit that I, 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 I still think humans uh, uh, need to do for the foreseeable future. <clears throat> does that make sense? Yeah, I, it, uh, it, it does. It's, um, yeah, it's exactly the opposite of the way I was thinking about this, but in in the same respect, I was thinking about this more from a, or at least initially more from a from a marketing bent in getting messages out that did actually feed the algorithm and draw attention to your to your content, right? Which it, it, what I hear you saying is, look, if you if you really want to write content that is persuasive and informative and makes Mike Brewer go, aha not not thought about that that way ai this particular iteration of of gpt3 is not going to do that because the the ai doesn't have the ability to collaborate from a from a human perspective right so that that sort of that mind mastermind concept right where you get a bunch of smart people in a room and you start talking about a topic and then born out of a a bit here, a bit there, a bit from Dom, a bit from Mike, a bit from somebody else. All of a sudden you have this aha moment and then you, you start to create uh, content around that. So yes, I think that absolutely makes sense to me. Do you think in that scenario where, where you sit around in a room and you're curating a, a couple of interesting ideas uh, and maybe you said this, you then take those interesting ideas and feed them into GPT-3 just to see what it, says in terms of a crappy first draft or is that I mean, you, you you could do i'd ra- i mean i'd i'd rather feed it into something that can finish the job off <laughs> which is a human in your in your mind well yeah. i mean how, how you so, so so um i mean think of an example like this if you were go- if you're going to write a blog about gp uh, G- gpt3 um i think a great thing to be able to do with this technology would be, all right, we're going to take the recorded transcript of Mike's and Dom's conversation and just feed it into some algorithm that's going to turn it into an article. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so, so the idea is that if the article is going to be about these ideas and the job of the AI is to take those ideas and synthesize them uh, in, in, you know, sort of perfectly elegant, like copy, I think... Oh, that's not how GPT-3 is designed to work, but I think an AI that would do that would give you this great ability to, to, to provide really original, really differentiating content that isn't just the same stuff that everybody else is saying. <laughs> that's, that, that's, the, that's the thing that I mean. I, I mean, I, I think the, the apartment um, application is super interesting to me because you know what 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 if you you're a you're a, a community in midtown atlanta and you've you know you've got a nice sort of edgy uh, you know maybe a classic building with with some cool amenities nearby i i mean the fundamental thing that you want to do in marketing is see it through the eyes of a potential um, resident right that's the uh, uh, through the eyes of a prospect and so 
that means you know that that means you want or, or you should want as a marketer not to be spending your time you're know, doing copy editing of uh, of stuff you should be, you should be wanting to spend your time doing the best possible job of understanding what the things are that sell that thing to your um, uh, to your prospects and 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 specifically what things are different from the other communities around you and what uh, what things you accentuate yeah yeah I, I, I think back to I think I think I've heard Mike Whaling talk about this when he talks about SEO strategy for uh, you know, for apartments and he says the you know the, the right SEO strategy is to make the the web page that you click through to the best answer to whatever question somebody is putting into Google, right? That, that, yeah. and, and again, yeah. that's the, that's the right thing. So that's extremely sort of contextual. That means, well, I, I, I think I know what's going to sell this community to, 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 you know, the, the, the prospects who are, who are out looking at this and it's, uh, it's competitors. Um, so, so how do I, how do I translate that into a question that people are asking me? What, 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 what question are people, Asking if they if the answer to it is the, you know, the, the barista or the proximity to this that. The, do, do, do you know what I mean? What 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 questions are people asking? The answer to which is the thing that makes my property great. Again, if you if you really do the work of of, of figuring that stuff out, um, and, and then AI can sort of take over and turn it into ads, into articles, into site copy, into into the snippets that appear on Google. That that for me is is a much more exciting sort of application of uh, 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 of AI, I think, than than the than what we we currently see with GPT three. <clears throat> you know, you know, to that point, it, at the very end of that article that I posted, uh, I actually fed in just some descriptors of the of a property that we have in in Midtown, actually Reynolds Town, and uh, I just put in some property descriptors like the name, uh, the the name of the the uh, town, the uh, uh, I can't remember what else I put in there as a prompt, but it, but it spit back again, like in 15 seconds, it spit back in my mind, a really good first draft to, to something that I would actually add copy, right. That I might use on a website or I might use in a, uh, dare I say printed brochure or whatever I could, <laughs> I could then, but I could then take that. And if I do have that, uh, real, boots on the ground, consumer intelligence, because I've been out in the market spending time with people in restaurants and spending time with people at the property and spending time just being in the neighborhood. I could bake that experience into that particular piece of ad copy and come away with something that that is truly good, right? And yeah. and didn't take, it takes half the time. Yeah. And you can iterate on that ongoing forever, right? Continue to feed it into to the uh, uh, GPT-3 and it would iterate on it as GPT get three gets better. You know, the ability to go back and put the stuff in again and again and again and again and have it, have it get better and better and better over time. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. Know, it's, 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 it's interesting. Like I, I, I feel like this has potential to change very quickly. Right. Because if I, if, if, if I think we spend money, um, you know, Promoting properties on different, uh, you know, on different channels. We, uh, you know, the, the the closer the closer the AI is to the content that's being published, the better the opportunity is to figure out what kind of content works and how you can how you can change it, and you know what, uh, you know, what what specific words in ad copy seem to be performing, and 
you you cut the cycles of some human having to to look at Google Analytics and and instead you can you can just iterate incredibly quickly on this stuff. Like it's, uh, I mean, yeah, I I, I I I shy away somewhat from it will save a lot of money because presumably whatever money you you save on cycles will uh, will find its way into some technology companies. <laughs> That's right. Right. <laughs> Nothing, nothing ever seems to get cheaper, even if it gets more efficient. <clears throat> oh no, that's that's completely true. Just look at ILS's migrating from print to to online. <laughs> it's, yeah. you, know, you know, I I saw an interesting thing. I'm not going to be able to cite the source just simply because I can't remember this. But somebody had taken a, a platform like Zapier, and I don't I don't know exactly what Zapier does, but I I do know one component that allows you to create these web hooks. Where, like for example, you could use Zapier. You could create a web hook that would go to GPT-3 prompt thing, right? And if so if somebody um, prompts uh, GPT-3 with a question, but but the, the starting point is actually like a text message or an email or something. So somebody puts a question in a Gmail, it goes to the GPT-3, Zapier hooks that in and brings it over to another platform where the, the, uh, the punchline use case here is if I'm a leasing consultant in a centralized leasing situation and uh, a consumer asks a, a question, right, that comes through this webhook complex set of things, it it would allow a, a leasing consultant that doesn't necessarily have an intimate understanding of a neighborhood or a property uh, to have GPT-3 assist human in answering question, right? And, and so whether it be in a, a consumer, like an existing resident that has a, a conflict and they need an answer and AI can't give them the answer, it gives the, and the, and the human doesn't necessarily know how to answer the question. It can at least assist the human in, in giving a question. Do you see these kinds of use cases where there's sort of this, uh, call it an assistant to the human, allowing for better consumer interactions or even prospect interactions or any kind of interaction as it relates to selling and servicing people? I, I think so. I think so. Uh, I've heard, uh, I, I've heard interesting, I, I, I don't know um, sort of uh, architecturally how it, how, it, how it works. If you've got some, if you have some app and, and, and Zapier is, is communicating things to, to GPT-3 and, and, and bringing them back to your app or so. I, I don't know architecturally how it, how it works. But, um, I, I mean, we've already got really good, by the sounds of it, conversational AI handling leasing calls. In fact, right. you, you, you were very early uh, on board with, uh, with that, as I, as I recall. That's right. <laughs> uh, so that, that's been around for uh, for years. Uh, we, we've got self-guided tours. Um, mm -hmm. I, I love the idea that I've heard people talk about where, you know, part of the self-guided tour experience is the, the, the AI accompanies you around the, the building. Like the company uses the GPS in your phone to figure out where you are and it can just tell you like, oh, turn left to go to the... <laughs> right. <laughs> right. You know, because, because the thing is, it's... Uh, it it, it 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 then becomes something that can ask you questions and uh, find out information from you and figure out what the best next thing is to tell you and it then records all this information about what the tour was like and I yeah I mean I I, I think if you've uh, you know, if, if you've got a, a, a you know, it seems it seems like people like um, 
conversing by text with these um you know with the with with, with these robots already like uh, why why not have it wander around the building with the, if, yeah i mean I, I guess i guess that will really test that will really test how many people like believe that the ai is a person because we've all heard the stories about people showing up at the property saying oh hi is lisa there and it's a yeah oh yeah <laughs> and then getting upset when they can't when they find out she's a robot they get upset yeah so yeah, I don't, I, I don't know. It touches. It, it'll touch more and more, more, more part, parts of this. I, I, and I'm, I'm sort of curious what it what it means for how roles um, will change. Like I, if, if I sort of look at if I look at the way that marketing is is done, like across just just generally across our uh, our industry, there's there's lots of things about it that are really inefficient. Like if you you sort of think about the you sort of think about the process of getting pieces of content ready and, and, and out to market. I mean, that, that there can be a, just a lot of steps uh, in, in, in that path right now. Um, so it's funny, like I, I, I work with a lot of marketing departments. When, when marketing departments have a problem, like above 90% of the time it's productivity. Like whatever they think their problem is, it, it's just always productivity. Do you know what I mean? It's uh, yeah. uh, we're understaffed. It's like you're not understaffed. It's we <laughs> You know, we, we we have really standards, uh, high standards of this. It's like you don't have high standards; you just take too long doing it. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, the the problems are nearly always to do with um uh, with, with with productivity, and that's a lot to do with the fact that well, we have to do a brief, and that means we have to get a bunch of people together to discuss <laughs> the brief, and then somebody has to write it, and someone has to approve it. And then it goes out to some agency, and this agency is going to do is not fam- that familiar with our business. It's going to do a load of work on this, and then they're going to send something back, and then somebody has to review it, and then it's going to go to production, and then it, it, you, you look at all of the, all of these steps um, along along the way. Few, very few of which involve any actual expertise in the thing that the content's um, about. Um, you end up having these very long processes that cost a lot of money. They don't produce great outcomes, and most of it could be replaced with AI. Do you, know, do you know what I mean? You could, you if you if you engineer the right bits of the of the process, you, I, I think you can. I, I think you can extensively uh, make that more um, efficient. And, and candidly, I, I think you could make marketing jobs way more fun. <laughs> oh but, yeah, yeah. I, I I agree with that. I think I think to that point. Um, Hopefully I can get around to, to sort of a punchline answer for that or a, a observation. Um, so I was listening to a podcast a couple of days ago and it was, it was a gentleman that I didn't, he had something built on top of open AI and he was talking about GPT three and he was actually forecasting the next iteration of GPT three. So call it four, five, or six, or whatever. But he said the next generation of GPT three would be ten x what GPT three is today, and mm-hmm. and that ten x improvement would be. Uh, so, I'm I'm going to butcher this, but what what it's the story I told myself based on what he was saying was: look, at some point you create. Uh, you create these sort of if this then that sort of things, right? Where, where, and you use different applications to sort of bolt together this constant feedback loop that iterates on. So you create, you have a sort of a genesis moment where you create X copy content, whatever it is, right? 
and and say it's something that needs to iterate over time so it's fresh and new and cutting edge and whatever. Mm-hmm. And so if you if you architect it the right way using applications that are built on top of AI or, or open AI in this GPT four iteration, you you could create this constant feedback loop and that piece of theme content, right, created one time, you never touch again. And, but it's always fresh because it's mm-hmm. going through this cycle that you set up the frequency and and the the AI just understands what optimization is and what, what the optimization is that you're after, whatever product you're trying to sell, whatever influence you're trying to exert. And it just sort of runs in the background, right? And it keeps your website fresh. It keeps whatever fresh. Yeah. No, I mean, it, 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 imagine it... Uh... Again, if you think of the things that that I've come to find annoying in marketing, right? It's, yes. It's, you, you do the analysis, you look at the report. Okay, well, traffic's dropping. Well, why is traffic dropping? Okay, well, wh- which parts of the website are people not? Like you, you could very quickly, if you turned an AI on that problem, you could very quickly figure out, uh, okay, I need to like, change these images, like see what happens. Okay, th- this one didn't work. This one did. Okay, change the others. Like, and and uh, th- th- that's that's the thing that, you can do just just staggeringly rapidly right with with ai is because it and I, I think it's the thing that a lot of people don't grasp it's like the, the sort of beauty of it is it, it sets up its own experiments and runs them and yes, then yes. decisions and that, that that that's the thing that um you, you know if, if you think of the human alternatives to that which are varyingly applied today they 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 already seem just just like a pain (laughs) (laughs) huge suboptimality so so yeah i mean i i I could imagine if you you've got some way of the ai knowing what the page is about it can start to recognize things like oh we've changed seasons maybe we should we should take out the pictures of people in sweaters with with you know fires in the background yeah it's uh yeah i uh i i i i completely see that that world and and it and it seems to come to mind that because I mean, I, th- I think that the text version of this sort of OpenAI is is the most advanced, but you certainly have the image version of this. You have the music creation version of this. You have the the moving motion picture version of this, right? And so I, I sort of have this, I'm sure this is not my novel thought. I, I'd like to think that I think of all these things, but I'm sure I heard this somewhere. I read this somewhere, <laughs> but it's like when, when those various, uh, creative mediums come together in, in one workflow, right? So that, uh, whether I create a text or an image or a moving image, or I create some music, it it takes that as a sort of first point and it, and it creates the whole ecosystem of marketing, incorporating all those things that touches all those senses in, in, in a human. Right. And so Mm -hmm. that, now my website is sort of dynamically created through AI with all these touch points that are all really driven, not only, only limited by the imagination of the creative, right? And in writing that first prompt for whatever entry point you're using to, to, to create the content. Just think about in my head how dynamic and super cool you could make your next blog post when all these workflows come t- together right <laughs> talk about a super interactive yeah. sort of hyper enriched experience that that blog post it's like it's like producing a small movie in the way of like as a blog post 
Yeah, you really yeah. don't have the ability to do that. <laughs> yeah, no, and, uh, and, and and again, the the only thing that comes back into my mind is like, what what about when all of your competitors are doing exactly the same thing? I mean, are we, are we just going to find that that everything's just like so uh, overwhelming? <laughs> I don't know. I, I let me let me ask you this: Is is there? Uh, I, I look, and this is this is probably maybe too much information, but be, because I uh, so I have Aspergers, right? And so this sort of high spectrum, and I really like sort of standardized uh, like things, right? I like to see the same thing patterns or something. I really my mind appreciates, right? Mm-hmm. And so, but but are there? Are there areas of the world, let's just use apartment marketing as an example, and let's let's think about it right down at the apartment level, right? A specific unit. If everybody marketed a specific unit the exact same way, and really what delineated one from another is whatever whatever the finishes are in the apartment, whatever the view is out the window, whatever the neighborhood is, all those sorts of things. But if the if the structure was all identical. I would actually appreciate that because in, in some, in my own head, it would be like comparing apples to apples to apples, except for, you know, this apple has a little bit of a longer stem or it's a little more red or it's a little, you know, the shape is a little different and that's okay because I, I, I may like that. And that's what attracts me to your unit versus the, the next unit. But some of that, everybody looking the same in my head is okay. Some of it, not all of it, but some of it is yeah. okay. Yeah, yeah. No, I, uh, uh, I can see that. I, um, yeah, I, 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 don't, I, don't, I don't know. I, 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 I mean, I, I guess we're going to have this enormous uh, abundance of, of content. And, you know, it, 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 it seems like the idea of stuff being sort of 90% the same and, and, and 10% different, like it, 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 it seems like that's not, that, that won't ultimately be the right answer, right? It won't ultimately... Yeah, because because people like things that are immersive. They like uh, they like to really get a, it. It's so personal, like a, an apartment, right? Just to, uh, you, you just want a sense of what what the thing is like. Um, yes. So, you know, it it, it, it it seems like the re- the reward for being individual is such that you're you're going to have to figure out a way to deliver these quite immersive individual like experiences that are quite that are quite different from one another. But you it, know. It's almost like you, and who who knows? I know we're we're potentially getting off track here, but it's it's uh, it's like Christopher Lockhart, I think, and he's like that category guy, right? Like the 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 thing that really differentiates uh, you out in the marketplace is your ability to create a category, like right, like Coca Cola owns the the cola category, right, or the category of cola, and mm-hmm. and so if you truly want to differentiate yourself in the future and compete in this new sort of samey type environment, you're going to have to go out and create a whole new category in terms of how to, to, to help consumers experience apartment shopping. <laughs> right? Yeah. But, it, but, but it's, it's also interesting though, that uh, you hear more and more people like more and more investors and, and such talking about how, the value of brands is going to go down over time because the value of distribution is going to be so much greater than, uh, you know, the value of the the brand of the thing that's being distributed. Like distribution is so sort of hard and yes. it's, you know, what, uh, 
what makes the the the, the most powerful sort of YouTube, uh, your uh, TikTok influencers, whoever they are, like w- what is it that makes them resonate so much with people? Like the the the, the, the power of the, the the medium that's doing the distribution um, to, to to a market that's increasingly just like assailed with with tons and tons of content all the time. Uh, it, it is is that that's going to increase relative to the power of the brands themselves. So again, I I I, I, I feel like I, I don't know what the future of the long term future of apartment marketing looks like, but I I I I feel like it's 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 more going going in that same way of of just becoming really good at being relevant to to people who are looking for the uh, who are looking for this stuff um, out there, which again. <clears throat> makes me think you know very personal very immersive uh, experiences you know delivered through you know delivered through channels with very high degrees of trust to them like uh, familiarity Th- those those seem like the things that that that, that are that, that will attract more and more of the the dollars that the departments spend marketing themselves i i suspect yeah i i like you i i don't know what the future holds either, but I, I do agree with you that the, uh, I, I think the word personalized experience, uh, really resonates with me. And sometimes that personalized experience means I never talk to you, but, um, and and that's personalized in, you know, in the way you, you like it, meaning you can rent an apartment and sign a lease and do all that stuff and never even talk to a human that that's personalized in, in my opinion. Yeah. But, but, but also is there, I don't know, is there, will there, are, are there leasing agents out there today where, where at some point they'll become like, you know, the Mr. Beast of like uh, Atlanta apartments <laughs> or something where, do, do you know what I mean? Where you can, you can, you can build a, you can build a channel and the presence just touring other people's properties and, and you get a following and these people become incredibly valuable vectors in, in, in apartment marketing. Like, I, I mean, d- 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 does it go in, in that kind of, uh, that kind of direction as well? <clears throat> you know, it's wild that, that just brought to mind. There's a, he's, he's still a good friend of mine to this day, but I worked at equity residential and I think it was in 2004, 2005, 2006, roughly. It doesn't matter. It was, it was right when the internet was really becoming a thing and you could create your own websites, right? And so this this guy, his name was Eddie. Um, Eddie was one of our leasing consultants at one of our class A properties, Equity, right next to the Nike campus in, in Beaverton, Oregon. <laughs> Literally, you could look at the campus out the at the backside of the property. Anyway, Eddie creates this website. It's called Rent with Eddie. And back then, MySpace was the only sort of social network where you could do distribution, right? And so, and and email. And Eddie created Rent with Eddie, and it had a cell phone number and some pictures of LaSalle, which which was the name of the apartment community, and uh, a couple of other pieces of information. And Eddie made himself available 24-7. Oh, Craigslist was the other thing. Craigslist was the other place where he used for distribution. And Eddie just basically made himself a 24-7 leasing consultant centralized before centralized was a thing because not only did he market LaSalle, he marketed Centerpoint, which was right across the street, and the other 13 properties that we had in, in Oregon. So he came to me one day, or in Portland rather, and he said, hey, Mike, I, I want you to think of a new compensation structure because now I'm 24-7. Here's my website. 
I'm going to answer my phone all the time. I'm going to rent apartments. I want to be able to show them at night, in the day, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> so I so that like this was before any of this stuff existed, right? But yes, I think to your point, you're going to get a lot of rent with Eddie mm-hmm. characters that and, and they're agnostic. They don't care who they work for, right? They just they work for themselves. But they they sort of contract with you and Cortland and Pegasus and whoever doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah. No, imagine imagine you're you're pushing marketing dollars towards the the the, the new version of Rent for Eddie and with with Eddie and. Yeah. It's just a, so it's I, a I, 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 I I could see that. I mean, it's um, yeah, it's, it's 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 inherently quite hard to to predict what 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 stuff is going to engage an audience that's yeah that's that's changing. Um, it's uh, it's entertainment, right? It comes down to Mr. Beast is an entertainer. (laughs) Yes. Yes. But yeah, no, uh, Kardashians, like all of these people, they're, they're they're entertainers, but they've just got this thing that's just, that's increasingly valuable, right? If I, if you're trying to, trying to sell, uh, uh, sell any kind of product. So yeah, no, I, I don't know. I, 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 I think it's, it's just one of those areas where, with the technology, with the the way the industry is going, it really it's going to really really pay to keep an open mind on this stuff. Oh, I I totally agree with that. Well, with that in mind, I I think uh, I would love to to keep this conversation going. Absolutely. You know, maybe maybe three months removed from now, or whatever, six months, whatever makes makes sense. But uh, yeah. I'd love to have you back and and kind of talk about you know, ideas that you're hearing out in the marketplace or at conferences and, and I'll do the same. Anything that I hear out there, I'd love to come back here and sort of collaborate and share Sure. in a, in a future episode. Anything you would sort of button up with, we're running up on an hour. So I want to be respectful of your time. And, and man, I, now my wheels are spinning twice as fast as they were before we, got, before we got, got going here today, but anything you'd leave us with uh prediction or otherwise? I mean, uh, I just think 2023, uh, I mean, mean, 2023 is going to be an interesting um, year just because of the prevailing uh, conditions. And I I, I, I can tell I'm I'm just wrapping up the the interviews for next year's 20 for for 20, which comes out in uh, in February. and you can you can tell it's it's a year where 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 there's an appetite to, to do. To, to kind of rethink a lot of stuff with regard to um, operations, like you're you're you're, you're going to get a, there's obviously a big slowdown in property transactions, uh, which means as as you know, operators if they're not constantly having to 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 deal with onboardings and dispositions and that kind of stuff, that leaves some room to change a few things about how you um how you operate. So I I just think there's there's going to be this climate of of sort of revisiting you know, what what things. A, a mission critical what 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 things we could we could get into more specialized sort of areas what things can we can we get technology to uh, to do and i and i and i i, I just think marketing like the, the whole area that you started this conversation on it's if you if you're engaged in in the job of marketing just just sort of it's a really good time to just think about all right what what do I what do I do during my week? Like, how much of that stuff is is just cycles of mm. shuffling things from one place to another, and and how how many of those things could we, you know, how could we use technology to to to, to just you know streamline the stuff, and and what 
what uh, what 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 bits yeah what steps in the process can we uh, can we take out because there's there's a lot of opportunity there and AI is going to inject steroids into it. I I I believe that to be true. I I uh, not to tag on, but I'm going to. It's uh, <laughs> I uh, I keep communicating to our team that their their job one in the coming years is to either automate, centralize, eliminate, or outsource themselves out of their current job. Right. So to your point, you can find that rote routine work that you put technology to and automate those pieces and functions of your job. Do that. If you can figure out how to centralize that and, and impact the enterprise, do that. If you feel like there are things in your workflow that you can completely eliminate and it's not going to hurt anybody or anything in the, in the business, then do that. Or if outsourcing makes sense, let's make a business case for that and get it out the door. And, uh, but, but that's not to put themselves out of a job. I don't, I don't mean it right. in that way. I mean, if, if you do yeah, that, it's, it's, it, it's true. Like, I, I mean, I, I fundamentally, I sort of know in my bones that, uh, the, if, if you apply that logic to, to your job, your job mm -hmm. will end up being better. It, it That's is. right. That's right. That's exactly <laughs> I mean, right. It, 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 like, don't 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 hang on to the the thing that you feel makes you secure. Like, um, just just get rid of the stuff that's that's non mission critical. And you know, if you if you're doing the other stuff well, there there will be more of it to do. <laughs> that's exactly right. Well, Dom, it is always an absolute pleasure yeah. uh, pleasure to talk to you, and uh, I look forward to, to sort of the second round of this particular conversation at at some point in the future. Absolutely. Uh, have a great holiday period and we will speak in, uh, in, uh, in 2023. Sounds great. Take care of yourself. Thanks, man. Take care. Bye-bye. For everybody else, uh, we'll see you next time on Collective Conversations.